Eyes. The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Well, I'm not sure why they decided, but uh, the, the management of the radio station decided to put me in charge of this radio show called The Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. Uh, I am Troy Skinner, the pastor of a, a church in town called Household of Faith in Christ. Our website is householdoffaithinchrist.com. Joined on the panel, as usual, uh, by three other men who are pastors of churches in uh, town, or in the county anyway, as well. Imran Razvi and Daniel Razvi are with a church up in Thurmont, uh, and they have an organization, a ministry that's called uh, Conquered by Love Ministries, and the website conqueredbylove.org, and that'll be uh, particularly relevant in just a moment. You'll find out why. And uh, David Forsey is also the pastor of a of a church that meets in someone's home, and it's on the south end of Frederick County. So if you're looking for a church, no matter where you are in the county, we can probably you know, hook you up and and if you need advice or prayer or you know, somebody to yell at, I can certainly put you in touch with Imran and Daniel. You can yell at them all you want. I won't bother David. I, I, I reserve David for me to yell at David. So uh, we've been talking in recent weeks about uh, family issues, marriage, parenting, you know, sibling issues, household structure, those sorts of things. And we've been using books and materials available through Conquered by Love uh, ministries and their website, conqueredbylove.org. And so this week we're going to be talking primarily, I think, about household organization. And they've got a series of books about that, uh, which, or at least related to that. Some of those include How and Why We Plan Our Week, Spend a Friday with the Razvies. That one, ooh, I want to spend a Friday with the Razvies. Uh, teach Your Children to Ask What's Next, Mommy. Yeah, don't bother Daddy with that. Uh, day of Rest and Systems. And I think this actually does sort of piggyback a little bit on where we ended last week. We were talking about systems and structures and somebody's got to be in charge and that sort of a thing. So I think that these structural elements uh, fit together. So I want to start with the fun one. Spend a Friday with the Razvies. So if we, I were to spend this coming Friday with the Razvies, what, what would I get? Like ice cream, lollipops? What happens? What happens on Friday? At the end of the week, and especially when kids are young, you, know, you, do, you do a lot of preparation for the next week. And if you take a day to prepare and, and figure out, you know, what's the, what, plan out the next week, what's going to happen, and what are you going to eat, what are you going to wear, all the different things that, that allows you to streamline the week's activities and not have to spend a lot of time each day, you know, wondering what we're going to do next. You do, you do that on Fridays, like as a family. You, get, you like have a little Gener family meeting powwow. Like, here's what we're doing. Or Generally, in, in, in growing up, especially when uh, that's that's kind of what way we did it. So normally, it would be my wife's purview. She runs the household. Okay, I do do the outside work and and uh, make money and take care of the family financially and spiritually. But she leads the children in training and and taking care of the house. So on Fridays, she would do the planning for the following week. What are the groceries we need? Okay, Daniel, you're cooking on Monday. What, what groceries do you want? Plan it out now so Monday doesn't come along and you say, I have nothing to cook. There's nothing here. No, we know what we need. We get it ahead of time. So we're not going to the grocery store every day of the week because somebody else needs something else to cook. And what activities are we going to do? So children have something to look forward to. They have plans. The hardest thing for children is not having structure, not knowing what's going to be next, what's going to happen. They're in the middle of some activity and you say, okay, it's time to go. What do you mean? I'm not ready to go. Nobody told me I was going anywhere. And you tell me I've got to go now, I've got to stop what I'm doing. And again, you're dealing with a lack of security. They don't have any control over their environment. So when you do the planning and have it structured and planned out, 
then within that structure, they have a lot more control. And you guys do that on Fridays, it sounds like, at least so, in this example. Right. So my wife does all that on Fridays for the following week so that way everybody knows what to expect the following week. And, and to the point where you, you can lay out or make sure all the clothes are clean that you're going to wear for the whole next week. If you have, and it's all planned, you know, they're in a, in a, in a pile in order, you know, here's what we're going to do. So everything's planned and laid out. So you don't have to think about the, the structure of that after all. If, again, taking time to plan just for any activity is, is useful, but for just a week of running the household, that's, um, it frees important. up a lot of time. So the one who's in charge of that is the one doing that. Like the whole, you have 15 people in your house. You don't call all 15 together and then no, spend that's an the hour wife's, hashing out that's the, the wife's job to, okay but we, we she might ask hey daniel what do you what do you want to cook um Linella or christina or uh, david what do you want to cook and so we make sure we have an, uh, all the right groceries um is there any activities that you guys want to do oh you want to play volleyball let's try to fit that in oh you want to play soccer let's try to get that fit in so yeah the children have input they let the parents know what kind of activities they want to do and the mother puts it together and, and gets it there, and it's on my schedule as well, so I can schedule my appointments, meetings around family activities. But if it's not planned, then everybody's going in different directions, and also it takes a lot more time to get things done because then they're always coming to mommy and asking, hey, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are, what are we eating? What am I going to wear? Can you, can you imagine 13 kids coming to my wife saying, what am I going to wear yeah, it every day? Like it's a survival requirement to do this when you have a household of 15 mm. people. Right, but yeah. whether you have 13 children or, or one child, it does make life easier if you make the decisions all at one time, and then you don't have to think about it every day, every time. So do you guys, do, we, we don't, we're not, uh, we have, right now it's my wife and I and our adult disabled son. So, you know, my wife and I just have to make sure we're in communication and we're touching base all the time. And, uh, and that works most of the time for us, but there are rare occasions when we both feel a little bit like we're not as connected as we should be. And we will sit down and I call it getting out the calendars. I said, Hey, you mind, you mind sitting down for a minute and getting out the calendars? And so we go through the calendar and we kind of map out, not like you guys do where uh, we map out the next week in a very specific way, but we're just making sure we're on the same page with all of our appointments and, and, and obligations and the different things in our life for the, for the coming months. And we usually go ahead at least two, three, four months. Sometimes if, if we get on a roll, we might just touch base for the, what we know of for the whole rest of the year. When it comes to shopping and stuff, you know, my, my wife does almost all of the, my, almost all, like 99.999% of the cooking. And, and she does 99.999% of, of the shopping. So she just kind of knows in her own head what food she's going to need for, uh, to prepare and that sort of stuff. Um, but we do something similar that fits us. Do you guys do something like that where you're comparing notes weekly or at least, you know, regularly? Um. Yeah, so that's the voice of David Forsey, by the way. Is I, I point and the audience is like, hmm, I'm imagining he's pointing to someone. Who's he pointing to? I'm pointing at David Forsey. Uh, yeah, so so my wife and I will uh, will sit down from time to time, sort of as a you know on on an as needed basis to to figure out what um, yeah to, to to stay connected to to make sure we know what's what's going on, um, you know to to plan things out together. Um, uh, my wife and and our kids she does a lot more in the way of um you know weekly and even even sort of daily reviews of just you know and uh when everybody gets together in the morning saying okay reminder this is what's going on today these are um this is who's doing what 
and when kind of deal as in addition to a sort of the weekly you know, I think it'd be particularly ahead. challenging in today's culture, and I don't know if your family, either one of your families, would fit the typical norm for what passes for normal <laughs> in today's society. But so many of our kids are overscheduled. You know, particularly if you have a lot of kids, like you guys have a whole bunch of kids, both families, the Razvi and Forsey families are both well, uh, unusually large compared to what you see your next door neighbors having. Um, and so, I mean, a family that's got like two or three kids. And one of the kids is playing soccer and has, you know, banjo lessons. And another kid's playing basketball and has piano lessons. And, you know, another person's involved in theater and, uh, you know, is taking ballet or something. And, and, and then somebody else is doing karate and all these other. And then, of course, there's church functions. And a lot of the churches have programs for the kids with youth group and prayer meetings and all these things. All of a sudden, you're doing two, three, four, five, six, seven, twelve 12 things a week. How do you manage it? Did you guys have to deal with any of that? Don't do it. And, and a lot of people say, oh, well, no, we have to make sure we get all the activities done for the children. No. The, this goes back to what we talked about last week, family unity. It's the, very important for the family to be together. So, yes, we did activities, okay? We did mm-hmm. soccer. And if only one of us was in soccer, the whole family goes and sits and watches them do soccer practice because we all do it together. And so you, you do less activities that way, but everybody does it together. And, you know, maybe three or four of them are all on the same soccer team. That, that works too. But you do as much as possible you do together as a family. If we're eating dinner, we all eat dinner together every day. Um, it's, it was very, very rare growing up that we had a dinner that only half the family was at. You know, if, if my dad had to work really late or something, maybe, but we'd usually delay dinner, wait till he gets home, and then eat with him. It's important to do things together as a family. And so sometimes we get bogged down in all these activities, and it just breaks up the family. So it doesn't actually, it teaches, they may, maybe the kid maybe learn some skill with karate or soccer or whatever they're doing and violin lessons, but you're not, you're, you're losing focus of the more important thing is to keep the family unified and, and following God together. Did that get harder as, as more of the kids got older and they were driving and having part-time jobs and things like that to have the family come together and eat? Because their part-time job, they might be bagging groceries on Wednesday nights. It does make it more difficult. And one of the requirements when, when we had our children get jobs, they're like, we're ha- having dinner together. So find a job that you don't work during dinner time. Dinner is very important. We, uh, as a family, when, as a ministry, when we were out there speaking on the circuit and talking and, and doing that, we um, did a survey in a large homeschool conference. I think there was, I don't know how many thousand people there. And we asked teenagers, you know, in what way would you like your, to see your family more unified? Simple question. In what way would you like to see your family more unified? 90%, and these are all homeschool children. So these are not children that are in public schools. 90% of them said, hmm. It'd be nice if we could eat dinner together. That means 90% of the homeschool children were in so many activities that they didn't eat dinner together. And that's all they wanted. Okay? We're under the false assumption that we have to do all these activities to give all these things to our kids. No, we don't. When <coughs> we only had Daniel, my wife and I put him in everything. He had karate, gymnastics, you know, the soccer, um, t-ball, everything. Because we wanted to give it all to them. That's the American way. Get them involved in as many activities as possible. Then we had another child and another child. And it became a little bit harder. And it was taking up too much time. And we made a decision. What is more important? Are these activities more important or is God more important? And if God's more important, what does God want for 
our family. He's designed the family. He wants our family to be unified and going in one accord, following him, glorifying him in the activities we do. So, and then when we adopted, we had five more children at one time, and from a family of three children to eight children overnight, again, it became more complicated. So we literally eliminated all the superfluous activities, and we did an activity together. We put everybody in soccer, and my wife and I coached. So even though we had different age groups, we coached three teams, and we would coach at the same time, so we'd all be at the same place, and uh, we tried to uh, uh, schedule our games to, so they wouldn't be in conflict. We could always be at each other's games. The whole thing is, what is more important? And uh, you probably heard of Woody Bauckham, and uh, he's a big advocate. <coughs> he said, if you send your children to the Romans, they'll become Roman soldiers. Don't send them to, the, to, to school and expect them to be Christians. If you send them to school, they're going to be, you know, they're not going to be, yeah, they're going to be secular. And his biggest thing, when he, he said, when he talks to parents, so, but, but they got to be able to play sports. I mean, what, let's play sports. So, well, if you want to bow down to the god of sports, then that's your temple. You got to tear down that temple. Sports are not that important. They're not. But we have the false presumption in this society that every child has to be able to play a sport because they could become famous and they could make millions of dollars. No, majority of them, 99.9% .9 of them will never make it professional. And there's no reason to spend all that time and energy. And you know what? I have a couple of kids that I think could have done really well and been professional, but they didn't have the chance. Is that going to keep them out of heaven? I don't think so. And that's more important. Yeah, I don't know. If you're not with LeBron James, I don't know if you have a chance at heaven, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so your kids are all younger. None of them are working age. So you haven't had that transitional... Uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're on, the, on the cusp. They'll be there yeah, real so soon. So are you beginning to plan for... And have you given similar instructions to the kids that are on the oldest end of your uh, pecking order to say, hey, when you get uh, a job, make sure you're home for dinner? No, I think we'll, we'll probably cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, but, uh, I mean, our, our family culture is to, is to do everything together. Um, you know, my, uh, yeah, if, uh, you know, if we can't, uh, get all of the kids into sort of the same activity, then, then we, we just don't do it. Um, you know, we, we worked hard to, to, find a um you know a a music teacher that all of our children could take lessons from um you know and 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 certainly we're sort of and it must be a pretty darn good music teacher because not all your kids play the same instrument uh that's true we uh, we so had, had to, to find an instructor that could teach multiple we, instruments we had to we had to make uh one exception to to add the add the cello into the mix but uh but it was with two music teachers that uh, that we were able to work out. Everybody's still going together on the on the same day, and so it's a uh, you know still you is a, a family to, activity. If you guys had to choose, because I mean, athletics can be important, and the bonding and the t and the lessons can be learned through teamwork and common goals and all that sort of stuff. So sports has a place, but if you had to choose between a child being on a soccer team or taking piano lessons, which one would you choose? Music. Yeah, the music is mentally and spiritually very, uh, very important, and I think it's it is important for everybody to understand music. Uh, you don't have to take a lot of it, but take a, it should be a required course in in school. But both 
as you're teaching children and, and hopefully you homeschool, if you're not homeschooling, please start homeschooling. And if you don't know how to homeschool, contact us and we'll help you. But it, in your homeschool curriculum, I think both is, should be required. You should learn sports and you should learn to play music because sports are important for exercise. Music is important as a, a, a language, just like uh, any other language, but it helps with brain development and emotional stability and all sorts of things. So they are both important. I mean, PE is always a required thing at all, even public schools, right? Um, not so much anymore. Not so much That's anymore. one of the issues, actually, in Frederick County Public Schools. There's been some pushback because there's not enough physical activity, not enough recess for the younger kids, not enough PE, physical education classes for the older kids. I, I think that, uh, that a lot of the things that you can acquire from, from sports can be easily, easily accomplished in group activities, whether playing games or uh, doing manual labor together, you know, working together, uh, spending time outside By the way, I think I might have misspoke. I think I said uh, I referred to FCPS as Frederick County Public Schools. My apologies. Frederick County Pagan Schools. <laughs> just wanted to clarify. I, I apologize if I misspoke earlier, but it's Frederick yes. County Pagan Schools. That's yes. why you need to homeschool. So, yeah, again, as pastors, we want to relate to the Bible. So what is more important in the Bible, sports or music? Well, we have both, right? And the sport at that time was being able to be able to arm yourself and be trained as a soldier. That was a sport that was able to do that. And David was both, right? He was a mighty man. He could defend and, and help and take care of the kingdom. And he was very much musically inclined. He wrote the Psalms and he sang and danced to, to the chagrin of Michal, who absolutely despised him at that point. Was uh, Michal's heart... Uh, close to God's or was David's? You know, the Bible clearly says David's heart was, was after God's own heart. But with that, David was not allowed to build a temple because he had blood on his hands. That was a sport, right? But his heart was still after God's own heart. So as Daniel said, I think music is more important. And as David said, you can learn a lot of the skills you would learn in sports as working together leadership. David Forsey. Uh, yes, yes. Not, not David from the Bible. Uh, uh, Oh, this David Forsey here is pretty ruddy as well. Um, you, <laughs> you, you, the skills can if be we were casting for a play. We could, we could get away with David Forsey yes. in the role of King David. Good, uh, good blonde. Uh, <laughs> yes, Middle Eastern guy. <laughs> exactly. Just, just had to put you in the sun a little bit. You know. Come with, on, haven't you seen the paintings of Jesus? All the Middle Easterners were blue-eyed, right. light-haired. Come on. Yes. And uh, so. I think that both are important, but you shouldn't have to, for one, you shouldn't have to choose. I think you can do some group sports or activities together. And it doesn't have to be at a competitive level where you're always, you know, chasing or competing or traveling where it takes up all your family's time. I think family is the most important. That's the most important. Family and family function. Having multiple children, you can do learn a lot of those skills just being part of a larger family. And building in a day of rest is easier if your into your system, your schedule as a family, if there's not sports, right? I That's think I think starting conflict starting with the day of rest and making that a no exceptions right sort of deal helps to uh, helps to set the tone. I think for sort of how you, involved in how you schedule those everything travel else teams. in life. They're playing games oftentimes or whatever on the day of rest, right? And, because and whether that's Saturday or Sunday for you, right. there's games on both days. Yeah, it has all sorts of problems. Of course, on Sundays, everybody likes to go to the, uh, to the American cathedrals called sports arenas and watch the, uh, the, the, the footballers uh, have their blood sport. 
So uh, we do have our priorities out of whack. Uh, we only have a, like, a short amount of time left, but I do want to um, talk about this one. Teach your child or your children to ask, what's next, mommy? So talk about the importance of that so, and what you mean by that. So there's, there shouldn't be an idle time as, as children. Because when you're idle, and, and uh, there's a phrase about idle hands, and uh, I don't want Devil's Workshop. Yeah, there you go. Um, so it's not mean to say, oh, the children should always be working. That's, I don't mean they always, always need to be working and, and doing manual labor and working themselves to death and, and, and all of that. But the child needs to know what is the next thing to do. And there always needs to be something next to do, even if it's plain, right? So my parents trained us uh, when we're, uh, we were very little is anytime we're done with a task that's assigned, you finish that task, and then you go ask, what's next mommy? The book is what's next mommy, not what's next daddy, because uh, the father's not always necessarily in the home if he's you know, working outside the home to provide. But it may be... If and they, most daddies if, would just say, go ask mommy. Yeah, if they come ask me, what's next daddy? I'll say, and what's next is ask mommy. And, and that really is true, because mommy's in charge of their training at home. I mean, daddy's the principal, but mommy's the teacher. And so, you know, the, the household is run by the mother, and that's why it's what's next, mommy. And so when you finish your task, you go find out what is next. And if she doesn't have a specific thing, then she'll say, okay, well, go take a break, go play or whatever, and I'll call you when I need you for something else. But you have to get that permission first. You don't just go off and do your own thing once you've finished whatever you're in the middle of. And it's a really good tool. It always, it always makes the child start thinking, okay, I, there is more. There are more things that are important to do. I, uh, you know, the priority is to help the family. Secondarily, it's whatever I'm, I, I feel like doing. But the first thing is to help the family. And on that note, also, if you, if the children don't have something to do, their biggest thing is I'm bored. I'm depressed, and that's what's causing a lot of the depression and suicide and thoughts and everything because they don't have any structure. They don't have a purpose in life. And what's next, mommy gives them that purpose. And mommy might say, Hey, it's time to go play Legos for a half hour. Okay. I go play Legos for a half hour. She might say, it's time to go do dishes for 15 minutes. Okay, I'll go do dishes. What's next, mommy? And that also makes uh, lead, leading the children for the mother much easier instead of having the mother having to chase down the kids. Where are they? I got to get this done. I got to get the trash taken out to the trash bin. Where are they? they could, you know, it, just, it makes life easier for the mother to have the children ask. And then she knows where they are. Because as a leader, you got to know where your troops are. The children are the troops, right? you got to know where everybody's deployed, what they're doing, and instead of chasing them down, they come to you. It can help bring some security to the mind of the child, too, right? Because the future is more predictable. They know there's something next that's coming, and mom's got it under control. I mean, one of the most common phrases in my house, because I mentioned in the last couple of weeks I have an adult disabled son, and one of his favorite things to say is, and then... Like he asks, you know, like, and he'll, go look at, he'll look at the calendar and he'll be like, Monday. And he wants to know what we're doing on Monday. Tuesday. And he wants to know what we're doing on Tuesday. And then, um, you know, we, we exhaust his uh, curiosity and he's fine and he feels more settled and secure. Mm-hmm. Or when it's in the moment of the day, like in the morning, he might, say, he, might, uh, he might ask about what we're doing first. And let's say you haven't had breakfast yet. I say, well, of course, we're going to have breakfast. And then, well, and then we're going to go do this other thing. And then... And then basically until it's time for bed. And he's like, okay, now I know what my day is. It's right. a real sense of security for them. And one of the differences between Daniel and I, when I was growing up, I was bored a lot because my mom gave me a lot of free time. Like, you can do whatever you want. And I was bored. And Just I was, be home for dinner. Yeah, I was bored. <laughs> but Daniel day, right? can, can contest the fact that he probably was never bored growing up. Yeah, I don't really remember ever having a time when I was bored and didn't have anything to do. I could always think of things to do. 
And that's because my parents gave me a lot of different things, to, activities. activities, not the outside the home activities, going to different places like we're talking about, but they, they helped me practice different things. So I always had things to do. And it wasn't ever TV. We didn't watch TV growing up. It wasn't playing on the internet. It, it was always activities, whether outdoors or indoors, things to do, whether they're productive or not, less productive. Well, you know, it strikes me as we're talking about all this stuff for kids. I think there's some adults that apply these practices in their lives, too, and we'd have a much better world to, uh, to live in. Ain't that the truth? Anyway, this is the Faith Debate. Thank you, gentlemen, again. Uh, Daniel Razvi, Imran Razvi, and David Forsey have joined me, Troy Skinner, on the panel again this week. Connect with us at WFMD.com or HouseholdOfFaithInChrist.com. Or if you want to learn more about these specific things we've been talking about in recent weeks, go to um, conqueredbylove.org. Uh, Conquered by Love Ministries is the RASV ministry. And if you want to connect with them, the easiest way to do that is probably to touch base with me. Till next week, 167 and a half hours from, I'd say, oh, right about now. God bless. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at wfmd.com, a service of Holtzapel Heating and Air Conditioning. WFMB's Fox News Update, a service of the 